Father, right now, I thank you for every family member that is in this room. God, I thank you that they don't have to go through anything on their own, that they've got a family, a support system that loves them and that cares for them, that won't leave them or forsake them. We thank you, God, that you're bigger than any struggle. You're bigger than any obstacle. You're bigger than any pain or or heartbreak that we've brought into this room. And so, God, tonight, we trust you and we say you're worthy. You're holy, and you're an awesome God. And so we adore you tonight. We thank you for the gift that you've given us this Christmas. And so, God, I pray by the power of Jesus' name that you would do something miraculous in this house tonight. God, that you would change situations that seem like they are unchangeable. God, you defeated death, hell, and the grave so you can defeat the things that we're facing tonight. And so, God, we love you. We trust you, and we believe you tonight. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the miraculous that's going to take place in our hearts and in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, real life. Praise God. Praise God. Give somebody a hug. Love on each other. We love you guys so much. What is up, real life family? Love you guys. Love you so much. Let me let me just ask very politely and, and gently, if you don't have a seat, please try to find your way to a seat if you are not a leader. We would love for you to be comfortable and to hear the word of God. We are in close quarters tonight, so if you can help it, please let's try to stay in this room and not be a distraction to anyone because God's word is powerful and we don't want to be distracted. Amen. Amen. I am excited about what the Lord wants to do tonight. Are you ready for God's word? Awesome. Um, God bless you. My name is Jonathan Criswell. I'm the student ministry pastor. If you are a guest in the house tonight, we want to welcome you and say thank you for being with us tonight. And uh, if you are a guest, we want to say you're a guest tonight, but when you come back to real life, then you are family. And uh, so we're excited that you're with us. We love Columbus. We love the students of Columbus. Are y'all ready for Christmas? Let me just encourage your heart. Christmas break is coming, y'all. It is coming. You're going to get to sleep in for days on days. Y'all ready for that? Last week, we talked about Christmas past. And we heard the history of the true meaning of Christmas, that unto us a child has been born. His name is Christ Jesus. He's the Lord and Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. Praise God. Who's excited Jesus came? This week, we're talking about Christmas present. And y'all, I'm not talking about time tonight. I'm talking about gifts. Y'all ready for some Christmas presents? Are y'all ready? To get some gifts this Christmas, um, it is fun to get gifts. Y'all like getting gifts? You you want? I got a gift for you tonight. Y'all ready to get a gift? Every single person in this room's getting a gift tonight. 
On your way out, we have a special gift for each and every person in this room, leaders included. We love you guys so much that we don't want this Christmas to, to go without you getting something from us because we love you that much. It's fun to get gifts, but it's also fun to receive gifts, but it's funner to give. It's, it's funner to give. I know it's not a word. It's more fun, grammatically correct, to give gifts. See, this Christmas, I want us to truly realize, if we realize the gift that we have been given in Jesus, it should compel us to be the most generous people in the world. If we realize the gift that we've been given in Christ Jesus, it should compel us to be the most generous people in the world. As we begin to talk about Christmas presents, I, I want to do something fun. Y'all want to do something fun tonight? I want to do something. I know that you guys have received over the past few years some really interesting presents. And, and so what I want to do, I've got my cell phone right here, and I'm about to plaster it on the screen for all of y'all to see it. And I want you to do this for me. This is my number, and I want you to text me with your name so I can give you a shout-out in service. I need your name, and I need you to text your absolute best Christmas present that you've ever received or your absolute worst. If you got something funny that you received that was just terrible, it's a terrible gift, and you want the world to know it, you want to text me, and we're going to give you a shout-out in just a minute, but I want you to not call me, but text me. I got you. I see that. It, my phone's about to blow up. It's okay. I got it fully charged. We're good for tonight. So text me your worst gift or your best gift, as long as it's funny, and you might get it read in service. Y'all ready? See, growing up, for me, it was fun to get stuff for Christmas every year. Um, one of my pet peeves every Christmas, see, my brothers had this tradition, and we had this tradition that every year we would exchange gifts on Christmas Eve, which was pretty cool. I, have, I got two older brothers, and so it's like gifts early, right? Anybody have that tradition with your siblings? You exchange gifts? I see you. Awesome. And so we would give gifts early every Christmas Eve, and my brother Brian was notorious for guessing my presents. And every time I would give him a gift on Christmas, he would do this thing where he would look at me and he would just examine me and he would look into my eyes as if he was looking deep within my soul. And he would look at me and then he would look at the gift in the box. He would pick up the box and shake it. He'd examine the weight. He would kind of look at how it was wrapped and then he'd look back at me and was like, and he'd say, it's this. And he, every time, every year, it was so frustrating because, man, he was so predictable. He didn't like change. And so every year his Christmas list was pretty much the same. He was, is one of the most phenomenal bass players I've ever heard in my life. And so one year I bought him bass guitar strings, really nice bass guitar strings. They were expensive. I didn't have no job, and I still got it for him. I'm a good brother. And he guessed it. He picked up a box, and he's like, that's my guitar strings. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. I'm like, I can't stand you, Brian. And, and the next year, he, he loves jazz music, so I got him a few CDs because CDs were actually relevant back then. And, and I got him a few CDs, and he, he picked up the box, and, and he'd shake it. He looked deep into my soul. And then the next thing, he'd say, those are the CDs. I'd be like, I can't stand you, Brian. Stop it. You, you ruined Christmas for me. He'd pick up the box, and, and he'd say, I, he loved Bass Player Magazine, and I got him a subscription to renew his subscription for Bass Player Magazine, and he picked up. I would even disguise it. I would put, like, weights in the box 
Like I'd put like my underwear and socks in a box to try to disguise. Like so he would shake and he'd look into my soul and say, that's a bass player subscription. I'm like, how did you do that? You, you know all things, my brother. It was crazy. But it got on my nerves like crazy. I hated it. And so let's, let's look just for a second at some of y'all's. I got 67 text messages right here, y'all. Let's look at this. Um, uh, you, somebody got avocados for Christmas. <laughs> she, that's funny. Oh, look at y'all still blowing me up. I can't, I can't even read. Somebody got a tie, but I, I don't even know how to tie a tie, and my dog ate it. That's crazy. Um, let's see. Somebody, I got underwear. Ernie got underwear. Ernie, that's you. The one who said, do mine, read mine out loud. I got under. Okay, so hi. Oh, wow, that's a long text. I can't read no long text, y'all. Uh, let's see. Hi, Josh, my best gift. Oh, look at this. Josh, I love you. Josh, my best gift was Jesus. Hallelujah. Josh, you are the man. My, my, worst, my worst gift was getting sick on Christmas break. Man, what a terrible gift, right? Read mine out loud. That's all you said. Read mine out loud. Come on, y'all. I don't even know what that is. Read mine. Read mine. Let's see. Uh, my best Christmas present is when my sister Robin came home. That's awesome. And my worst Christmas was I got a onesie that didn't even fit me. That was, that was Molly O'Brien. Man, y'all stop calling. Send me a text. Okay. Um, ooh, Josh Lumpkin got a wool sweater from his grandma. Man, grandma, grandma, it made him itch, y'all. It made him all itchy. Y'all feel bad for Josh. Uh, let's see. Stop calling me. You're FaceTiming me. Y'all are crazy. My avocados. You're still saying avocados, Desmond. That's funny. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. Y'all. Oh, Deborah got Taylor Swift tickets for Christmas. That was an awesome Christmas gift. I got you. Um... <laughs> somebody, somebody was happy about his squad. He got his squad for Christmas. Um, Evan Cox got a shovel and a watering can with potting soil from his grandpa. That's terrible. That is terrible. Um, oh, there's one from Paxton. I got a Paxton got a car for Christmas. Um, but he messed up because he sent that one too quick because then he sent a second text saying he got a beautiful wife for Christmas. He forgot. He got the order mixed up, but it's okay. He still got you, Miley. He still got you. Okay. Um, Jules Johnson got stinky cheese. She said, just kidding. That's terrible. Somebody just sent me a text saying egg, 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 egg. That's funny. Somebody got $100. Um, my Christmas present, my Christmas presents aren't always what I want. They're always not what I want, but I'm grateful. That's awesome. I'm glad you've got a grateful heart. Um, so I'll get to some of those maybe in just a little bit. But the whole point behind doing this fun little, little exercise is I want you to realize that predictable gifts are unsatisfying. 
Predictable gifts are unsatisfying, but unpredictable generosity, guys, it brings a deep sense of fulfillment. Man, predictable, when you get, man, I got a shirt from H&M, I asked for a shirt from H&M. You don't walk away with butterflies, and you're like, oh, man, this is the best Christmas ever because I got a shirt. That's a predictable gift. But when someone goes overboard to love you and show how much they love you and show an overwhelming generosity towards you, man, it changes and it brings deep fulfillment to you, does it not? Amen. That's where you say amen, Pastor. I love you. My pastor, my, my pastor, my all-time favorite, I want to share with you my all-time favorite gift tonight. This is my all-time favorite Christmas gift. And uh, my wife, Jubilee, who's here on the front row, gave this to me. And I'm going to show a picture of it real quick on the screen. Um, maybe. Uh, there it is. This is a close-up. It's hard to see from a distance. It's got my name written on the top. It's engraved. And... Um, so she gave this to me when I was 19 years old while we were dating. And um, it's inscribed. It says, Matthew 621, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so y'all get the context because I'm 19 years old. I'm immature, okay? I'm still asking for, like, the latest video game system, right? And uh, I'm asking for video games for Christmas. And... Um, I'm, I'm with my, my girlfriend, who I really like a whole lot, and I'm thinking, man, this Christmas is going to be awesome. I've been a good boyfriend. She's going to give me everything I want. And I open up this, this gift, and I have a decorative box. And I'm looking at this present, and I do what y'all do every Christmas when you get a present, and you're like, I have no clue what this is, but I'm going to put on a smile and say, oh, thank you so much, right? Oh, this is so great. Oh, that's, that's exactly what I want. I love it. Thank you, right? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm 19, and I'm like, couldn't you got me an Xbox game or something, babe? Like, and I got this decorative box. And I, I explain this to you guys because if, you're, if, if you are given a gift that you don't fully understand, it can be disappointing, right? It can be disappointing when you don't understand. And so when Jubilee gave me this decorative box for Christmas, I initially was disappointed. But when she began to describe the intricate detail and meaning behind it, man, if y'all can see in that picture, she used a, a wood burner to etch into this wood an intricate design. And I don't know if you can see at the top, there's a, there's a weird-looking J at the top. And we had this thing when we were dating. It was like the big J in the middle was Jesus, and the little J's on the side were Jonathan and Jubilee. Because we got, we got Jesus in the middle of our relationship. And so she spent, literally, she began to express to me, because at first I'm like disappointed. Girl, you got me a decorative box. And then I realized how many hours she must have spent burning her fingers with a wood burner to etch a little design. And, and what happened is, is she began to open it up, and, and on the inside it was incredible. I, I don't want to show you because it's too valuable to me. This is my gift. It's not yours. But on the inside, I'll describe it. She put this, this intricate, it's this royal blue velvet lining, which is like, 
the, the color of kings. It's awesome. And on the inside, there's another uh, crest with my name on it. And it's got a shield and a sword, and it's got my favorite verse, John 14, 12. And, and I, it was so incredible. It was so intricate. And she began to explain to me, look, Jonathan, inside this box, I've taken little wood chips that look like coins. And she spent time taking that wood burner, making etches on the edges of every wood chip to make it rough like, like how a quarter is rough around the edges. And she took time to make every little wood chip look like a literal gold doubloon. And she painted them gold. And on those coins, she began to burn memories of our two years of dating that would be powerful memories for us to reminisce. And one by one, she began to take a piece of gold and put it in my hand, and we would begin to reminisce. I'll share just one story of one of the pieces she pulled out. And one time, it was it was about this time, and we had a snow, snow day, and um, we wanted to go shopping in Atlanta. And we were, we were like, I don't want to stay at home. So we called a couple friends, and we're like, look, the roads are dangerous, so we'll ride MARTA to Atlanta. We're going to Atlanta Underground, and we're going shopping. And so me and Jubilee and another couple, we went to, we're on MARTA, and we're taking stops and going, get, making our way to Underground Atlanta. And we're looking outside. It's beautiful. Snow is falling on the, on the skyscrapers. It's beautiful. And the next thing we know, the train pulls up, the door opens, myself and the other couple get on the train, and the next thing we know is the train door closes, and on one side of the door is Jubilee, and on the other is us. I don't know what she was doing, but she was daydreaming, and she forgot to get on the bus. And the next thing I know, I'm looking face to face, this close to my, my beautiful bride. We weren't married yet, but I'm like, I love this girl. And she is about to get left by herself in the middle of Atlanta with no cell phone. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no way I'm going to let this happen. And so your youth pastor, with both hands, grabbed those doors and pulled as hard as I could. And with all of my might, I ripped that door open. And thank you, Jesus, for the fail-safe security system because I was scrawny back then. But on that little coin, she put... You were my Superman in Atlanta. And one by one, we start pulling out these memories and pulling out these coins. And y'all, what, what was meaningless, what was like a disappointment because I didn't understand it, became the most valuable gift I've ever been given. Because I love her and I love what she's given to my life. And unfortunately, this Christmas, man... America and our culture, we commercialize Christmas in many ways. Black Friday deals are incredible, and we stocked up on Black Friday. But, but hear me, real life, the most incredible Christmas experiences are found in gifts that are given, not gifts that are received. And this Christmas, God wants us to realize that it's so much better to give than to receive. It's better to give in Acts 20. Verse 35, it says, remembering the words of our Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's true. If Jesus said it, it is true. And I've come tonight to challenge us that the Christmas season should not just be about what we can get, but this Christmas should be about what we can give to God. This Christmas should be about giving. Last week we read the story about Jesus being born in a manger and this week we see the next part of the Christmas story. It says this in Matthew chapter 2. It says, 
after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The Magi knew who Jesus was. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed because he didn't know. He didn't understand what the gift was. And it, they were, he was disturbed in Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem in Judea. See, Herod didn't understand the gift that had been given to us in Jesus, so he was disappointed. Wise men knew the significance of the birth of Jesus, and they immediately came to worship him. God has given us so much in Jesus that our first response to him should be a generous present of worship realized. The very first thing they did, they saw the star, they knew the Messiah had been born, and the very first thing they did is they said, let's go, we need to worship. We need to give him our worship. And our first response to how God is to us should be to give him our best, real life. Amen? We should want to give out of our time, out of our talents, out of our treasure. We should desire, because of the gift that we have in Jesus, we should want to give back. The story continues in verse 7. It says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem. And he said, go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And after they heard the king, they went on their way to worship him. And the star they had seen, when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. But coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. See, if we just read quickly over this story, we can miss the gift of Christmas, y'all. We can miss Christmas present. If we're not careful, we can miss the powerful meaning behind the very first Christmas gift. Just like I almost missed the meaning behind my very favorite Christmas present. The wise men came and they gave three items that, if misunderstood, could be very disappointing. But if you know what the gold, incense, and myrrh represent, you can see how powerful an expression of love this really was on the first Christmas. You see, I want to share with you what they represent. The gold represents our heart. Real life, the gold represents our heart. Gold was treasure. It was one of the most valuable things that you could get your hands on. It was enormously valuable then, and it still holds great value today. Man, there's, there's phrases like, he who holds the gold rules the world. And that's somewhat true, even though Jesus rules the world. But our culture puts great value on treasure and on gold, on money, on finances. Matthew 6, 21 says it very clearly. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so that's why gold represents our heart. When the Magi gave their gold to Jesus, they were saying, our hearts are yours, God. Our hearts are yours. We make giving a big deal here at Real Life. And, and I want you not to get twisted. It's not because the church needs your money. 
Man, we, be, we do believe in giving because where our treasure is, where that's where our hearts are also. That's why we believe in giving. What I want you to understand this Christmas is that we encourage you not to give because we need your money. Yes, your financial gift helps people, and every penny that we receive as an offering here at Real Life goes out to help people in need. We send every penny, not a single dime, stays here. We send it to others who are in desperate need. And it does help, but the most important reason why we encourage you to give and be generous with your finances, it's because we realize if you're truly and deeply in love with Jesus, you will be a sacrificial giver of your finances. If you're truly in love with Jesus, if he really has your heart, it's very clear where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what you spend your money on is important. The wise men had the initial response to worship Jesus when they got the news of his birth. And the very first gift they gave to Jesus, our Messiah, was a financial gift. I've I want to challenge us this year. I want to challenge us as we end 2017. We have had an incredible year. And next week is the last official service of Real Life for 2017. We're going to have one of the most incredible services. I'm going to cast some, some vision. But in just a few moments, I'm going to challenge each and every one of us. I am going to lead by example. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do for myself. I'm going to lead by example. And next week, I'm going to give one of the most generous offerings to God because I love him with all of my heart, with all of my soul. And my God doesn't just have my heart. He has my pocketbook. And so this, this is the last real life next week. And it's not because the church wants your money, but it's we want to express how grateful and how in love with Jesus we are real life. Not only does a financial gift prove that Jesus has your heart, but it's also to benefit your future. Here's what the Bible says. We want each and every one of you to have a bright future. And in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give, and it will be given back to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together. you got to speak running over into your lap. Hallelujah. you got to feel that verse. Man, when you give, it will come back to you. And the measure that you give is what will come back to you. So if you give a little, guess what you're getting? A little. But if you come with a lot, God's going to take care of your future. And I've come to tell you, you cannot outgive the Lord. You cannot outgive him. You're never going to be more generous than he is. If you give someone an incredible Christmas gift this year, think about it. You give somebody an incredible Christmas gift, man, they are going to be more inclined to give you something pretty good, right? You give them some socks and some old stuff, like a hand-me-down or a re-gift, guess what you get? You get a re-gift. God's economy is just like that. I've come to find that when we, here's the deal with our finances. I know it's really a difficult subject because a lot of us in this room, including myself, don't have a lot. And so when you talk about giving, you're like, don't tell me what to do because I can't give. I don't have any resources. Here's what I've found out to be true in my life. When we hold back from God, the blessings stop. When we hold it to ourselves, that's when the blessing stops. God wants us to give generously out of our hearts. 
so that he can give generously back to us. What we try to hold on to will eventually be lost real life. But what we freely release to God will come back to us in a greater way. I believe it and I've seen it time and time again. So next Christmas, we're going to talk about Christmas future and I'm going to cast some vision for 2018 for real life as a student ministry and I'm excited for our future. But I want to be the number one giving ministry, student ministry for Speed Light in the state of Georgia for 2017. Amen? I, I believe in you guys, and I believe that you are the best students, and you have the most love for Jesus on the face of this planet. You're the best in this state, and I believe that together we should strive for nothing less than the best. Amen? And it's not to maintain a title, but it's to make a declaration that we are young men and women who are deeply and madly in love with Jesus. That, that God has our hearts, and so he also has our finances. We're going to give you envelopes in the back of your seat. There are Speed the Light envelopes, and I, I pray many of us in this room feel compelled because you love Jesus. Next week, you'll bring something for Speed the Light in those envelopes. And here's the deal. If you don't have any finances, I dare you to pick up one of the fine arts cards and fill it out and commit to God. I'm going to develop, discover, and deploy my gifts and talents for God. I may not have money, but I'm going to use my gifts and talents to show God how madly in love I am. I'm going to get involved at Real Life. I'm going to show Cameron Richardson, the new director of our fine arts program. I'm going to show him... I'm going to show him my commitment level, and I'm going to be the best at fine arts that I can be because I want to give an offering to God. All of us can do something. The second gift that the Magi brought was incense, and y'all are thinking to yourselves, what's so big? Like, my mom gets potpourri every year. Y'all, my, my, my mom's house smells, y'all. Y'all have incense. It's different fragrances and all that. Like, what's the big deal with incense? What's the big deal? Here's the deal. Incense represents prayer. And prayer is how we have a relationship with God. It was a powerful gift because they were saying, not only will you have our hearts as we give you our gold, but we also desire a relationship with the one true God. Prayer is ultimately a conversation between us and God, and it's how we build relationship with him. I've learned that we tend to find a way to do the things we want to do, y'all. We find a way to do the things we want to do. For example, if you're into athletics, you love sports, you will find time to practice. If you are attracted to someone of the opposite sex, you will find a way to get involved in their life. Can I get a witness? When I was in high school, I would take lunch. Jubilee was a lifeguard over the summer. She wasn't even allowed to talk to me. And I would go to Subway and buy her Subway sandwiches, and I would hand it to her while she's on her pedestal of beauty. And I would reach up and I would say, I offer you my sub sandwich, my love. And I would sit at the bottom of her podium as she would not even speak to me. She would be glancing over the water as a good lifeguard, not even looking at me. But I wanted to be with her, so I made a way to be with her because I was madly in love with you. She, you will make time for the things you want to do in this life. My point is... You will invest time and energy into the relationships you want to thrive in your life. And the Magi brought this incense to Jesus to say a real relationship with him was important to them. And this Christmas, we should follow their example because one of the greatest Christmas presents that you can give to God this Christmas is to develop a consistent prayer life with him. 
man, if, if the altar on Wednesday night is the only time you pray, you need to get a relationship with Jesus. It's more than a religion. It's a relationship in real life. The incense represented a desire for a relationship with God through prayers of the righteous. I want to invite everyone to stand in the band to come as we close. I'm excited for what's about to happen. Give me your full attention over these last few moments. This is so important. It's so weird, but it's so cool. Because the last gift is the most confusing gift. The last gift is even more confusing than getting a decorative box. The last gift the Magi gave, they gave gold representing their heart. They gave incense representing a desire for relationship. And then they gave myrrh. Myrrh was used for embalming someone that was dead. It's really weird. Like, gold, great. I enjoy gold, right? Incense, sure, that smells great. But myrrh was used for embalming. They, another use that they did many times, they would mix myrrh with a, a cup of wine, and they would give it to someone who was about to be crucified so that their body would become numb and not feel the pain as much. And so they gave this gift of myrrh to Jesus, and basically they handed it to him saying to him, we know you're going to die. Merry Christmas. Talk about the worst Christmas gift ever. Hey, here's some, you're going to die. It's like, oh, look, it's little baby Jesus. Oh, look at his cute little cheeks. Like, they're like, look, oh, he just looked at me. Did you see, he just, can you imagine it? Y'all got to read the scripture like this. It's a lie. Y'all are looking at me like, what, what happened to Pastor Jonathan? No. They're in this setting. He was just born. He's a beautiful baby. They're like, here's some myrrh. You're going to die. It's messed up. Most in Jesus' time could probably interpret this gift as one of the worst gifts ever at a baby shower, y'all. But here's what I think the wise men understood. Even before Jesus did a single miracle, before he did anything for anyone else, as they gave him gold that represented their love and devotion, as they gave him incense that represented their deep desire for a relationship, they gave him myrrh saying they knew he would die because they realized if we give Jesus our best, we also have to give him our worst. If we give Jesus our best, we also have to give them our worst because they knew that Jesus would take the punishment that we deserved. They knew that he was going to, to bear the sin of all creation, to be our Lord and our Savior. Jesus died for me, so that should compel me to die to myself and live for him. And they said, look, this is you, you're going to die, but I need to show you through this offering that I'm going to die to myself. I have a natural propensity to sin, and the wages of sin is death, but Jesus, you're going to die to pay my debt, is what they were saying with this offering. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one talking, no one being a distraction, this is the most important part of this service. We're going to give you a gift tonight as you walk out of this service. And we want this gift to remind you there's a bracelet. And if you're a guy, it looks cool. If you're a girl, it looks cool too. It's a, it's a neutral bracelet that is really cool. Or if you're a lady, we've got some really cool jingle bells on a 
decorative string that I, I think would be awesome. If you got a car, you could put it on your rearview mirror or put it on your mirror. And I wanted to remind you every time you look at your bracelet or every time you look at that jingle bell, I wanted to remind you that Jesus came to die for you. That Jesus came, they gave him myrrh, saying you're going to die for the sins of the world. John, 1 John 4.19 says it very clearly. We love God because he first loved us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, the story ends by the Magi being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the one who had no understanding of who Jesus was. And the story says they went back to their country by a different route. And this tells me that when we give God our best, he will preserve our lives and point us in the right direction. And there's power in Christmas present. And if you're here tonight and you know your life is headed in the wrong direction, the very first gift you need to give God tonight, this Christmas, is to give Jesus your heart and life tonight. If you're in this room, I promise you, if you do that, Man, God will preserve your life because God's word says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So tonight, God can turn your life around. If you're in this room and you know you're headed in the wrong direction, you know that your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, you know that you haven't been giving him your heart, you haven't been trying to have a relationship with him, you've gotten involved in some things that are steering your soul to hell. Tonight, Jesus wants you to know this Christmas that he died for you. And if you want a relationship with him, you need forgiveness. You want to turn your life around. Man, they, they, the Magi were told in a dream, go a different direction. Tonight, God is speaking to your heart and say, turn your ways. Repent and go in a different direction and I'll give your life prosperity. I'll give you hope. I'll change your circumstance. If that's you tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you'd say, Pastor, I want to be saved tonight. I want my relationship with God to be transformed. I need a renewed heart. I need forgiveness in Christ Jesus. Let me see your hand right now. I want to pray with you all across this room. Thank you. Anyone else? Don't miss this opportunity. He loves you. The love of God is unconditional. You don't have to earn it. He already paid for it on Calvary's cross. If that's you, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for all these hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all of these hands. Speak this out with me real life. Dear Jesus, I want to thank you for the gift of your son's death on Calvary's cross, a payment that I deserve. I thank you that you are strong enough to defeat hell, death, and the grave. And I thank you that you choose to freely forgive me. And all I have to do is trust you as my Lord and Savior. So tonight I make a commitment. I ask for forgiveness. And I place my life in your hands. Set me free. Turn my life in the right direction. Preserve my life and give me peace. Lift the heavy burden. Remove the shame. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God tonight. Come on, praise God, real life. Leaders, get up here real quick. Real quick, we're going we're gonna to finish by doing this. I'm going to open up these altars tonight.
here's what we're going to do. As you walk out, I want, I want every person to get that gift because God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you, and it needs to remind you every single week. But if you need prayer tonight, maybe, maybe you need to talk to God because your heart has not been fully given to him. Or maybe you need to talk to God at these altars tonight because your relationship with him is distant and you need to meet him in the altar to really pray and connect with him in a fresh and a new way. Or maybe you need to get in the altar tonight because some things in your life need to die because he died for you. I want to open it up. I want to make it broad. We want to pray with you. We want to love on you. We want to be there to support you. So God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what's about to happen in these next few moments. Holy Spirit, have your way in these altars. We love you in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, come quickly as we worship.